Hey, Josh Felber here from Making Bang. Got an awesome interview today with uh, Justin Rizvani. We're going to dive into censorship, freedom, and what it takes right now to share your message all across the world, as well as not be censored, stay free, and also own your own content. Oh, hey, also, guys, just want to let you know, super pumped. I'm all about freedom, keeping the United States, the Constitution free, keeping you free. And one of the great things is this amazing gear from Gratitude Gear. If you go to check out gratitudegear.com, they got tons of freedom merch, gratitude merch, truth, whatever you want. It's the softest material, the coolest hats. Uh, so again, check out gratitudegear.com and enjoy today's show. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. Justin Rezvani is the first-generation American entrepreneur, explorer, and 2017 Forbes 30 Under 30. Back in the day, he started his career at Walt Disney. In 2013, at the age of 25 years, he founded The Amplify. It's a platform that creates large-scale native advertising campaigns for brands on platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube. It was one of the first companies out there doing something like this. Creating one of the world's first influencer platforms with no outside investment or funding, he actually bootstrapped the Amplify and the company was cash flow positive in six weeks. That's super cool and impressive as the executive team that Justin assembled allowed the company to be successfully expanded and become a profitable eight-figure business in two years with clientele across all business verticals. He was an, also an internal marketing advisor at some of the major companies out there, Ford, Lionsgate, Pepsi, Unilever. And during that time as CEO, crafting some of the most iconic influencer campaigns in the world. And April 2016, the Amplify was acquired by the Brand Tech Group. And then in early 2018, Justin left his role at the Amplify. And in 2020, just a few years ago, he began and developed Zion. So I'm super excited to welcome Justin Rizvani to Making Bank. What's up, dude? Excited. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Super excited to talk to you. Uh, been been reading your book. Tons of uh, awesome insights and just mind opening things that you hear and you think about, and then you kind of like packed it all in here. So I'm super excited to talk to you today and Thank and, you. and everything. I know one of the biggest things right now, especially is, and we were talking a little bit offline, is the whole uh, free speech. You got unapologetic freedom, uh, free speech, and obviously with the whole thing with Elon Musk and buying Twitter. And, you know, all these people jumping off Twitter now that he wants to make it free speech and it's not going to be censored anymore. So give me kind of your thoughts and your insights. And, you know, obviously, yeah, I probably you probably have some kind of opinion on this whole thing. I, I think that if if it's it's were to occur, it would be an amazing thing for the world. I, I, I've been spending the last 20 months of my life focusing on how do you build a censorship resistant tech platform that allows people to have freedom of ideas? Uh, because I think freedom mm. of ideas are the breakthrough that we need in society. Um, and I think Elon is, is, is honing in on that message. But there's challenges 
with that in a web two environment? Because we have to remember there's two major things that Twitter has that are, I think, disadvantages in the concept of being an open and free network. Number one, you as a creator or user own nothing. Um, based upon the terms of service, you don't own your identity. You can mm. be turned off at any time. Twitter owns everything. And now de facto, Elon owns everything. Elon owns all your tweets. He owns all the data. He owns all the messages, um, which I think is a very interesting thing. Uh, the second piece is their business model. Their business model is predicated on advertising. So they still take your data, manipulate your attention, and then sell it to a third-party advertiser. So I think those two things are the challenges inside of a, a Web2 world as we move into this Web3 environment. And you kind of mentioned Web2 and Web3, just so like people that are watching, a lot of them might be like, what, what, what's Web2, what's Web3? And I know Gary Vee talks about Web3 a lot and NFTs and all these kind of things. So kind of just give us a quick insight, not to derail anything, but just so people have a, a knowledge. I'm, I'm not a perfect language person, but the way That's I would okay. think about it is, is there's, there's three layers. There's Web1, Web2, Web3. Web1 in the 90s was read-only. Web2 right. was read and write. So the ability to actually contribute to the world. Web3 is read, write, and own. The ability for you to actually own something in this new world. And I think that's the thing that we're pushing for and how we've built Zion is that through digital property rights, you actually own everything that you do online. You own all your data, you own all your information, you own all your posts, and you're able to monetize that through a decentralized open monetary network, which is the Bitcoin Lightning Network. And that, Zion's the company that you've, you have now that you've recently started. And I know from reading the book and everything and trying to understand it all, you guys are using the Bitcoin network to be able to give people access to be able to publish ideas and information out there. Is that correct? Absolutely. And I think most importantly is, is the freedom to be able to transact. So I think there's three major things broken online. The first thing is the base layer identity. 1.5 billion people log in with a Gmail account to downstream experiences online. At the base layer, most people don't own their own identity, right? So that's the first piece. The next piece is the data storage and messaging layer. How do two people communicate online? Usually there's a third party in between every single layer of a experience online. Every major social network is the arbiter of how messages move across a network. And then the final piece is the money. If I wanna send you a payment even through a credit card or through Venmo or through PayPal, any of these web two payment rails, there's many layers of arbiters in between that. And I think we are fixing all three of those issues. We are using a DIDs, so decentralized identities for you to own your identity online for the first time. We use a decentralized web node environment to allow messages to transport peer to peer over the gRPC network on the internet. And the final piece is we use the lightning network as the payment rails to transact value between two individuals. So for the first time, you can actually move a payment on the internet on an open standard that is not controlled by any single company and or a single individual that can turn you off. And I think that's the importance of this open mm. network is that it allows for free and open transfer online. So Zion fixes those three things. Gotcha. And so as like, for example, with Making Bank podcasts and everything, I get how would I then utilize that network sure. to get information out there and promote, you know, and get the show into people's hands and everything else. 
So the whole concept is that we're focused, Zion the app is focused around communities. So the making, you would create okay. a making bank community inside of the Zion application. That, that, that community would be tied to your DID. That is your forever identity online that you own through a private and public key pair. And then people can mm. subscribe to your community and they can freely pay you for content. I mean, for example, one of the products that we have with podcasting is called the value for value model, where you can actually stream satoshis as you listen to a podcast you can send sats like like liquid money across the internet and as you listen on a minute by minute basis send people send the 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 podcaster bitcoin for that and i think that's a really hmm. new revolutionary model where someone can actually transfer value and say maybe i want to give you 10 cents for listening to your podcast maybe 20 cents sure. maybe a dollar i'm not sure but if that value is being seen there's an easy way to transfer value and this paradigm doesn't currently exist in the world because right now if i want to send you a penny it costs me a dollar but what if it costs me <laughs> nothing to send you a penny then there's all these interesting interactions and what's great is Zion has a proxy for this. We launched in August. There was over 120,000 transactions between creators and their fans done through Zion on the Bitcoin Lightning Network with zero fees. And I think that's really impactful wow. to see what's happening in the world. No, that's super cool. And I'm going to go kind of more down that path in a minute. But I guess tell us a little bit, how did you get started as an entrepreneur? You got, this sounds like super techie. Are you a techie <laughs> kind of guy? So kind of give us a little bit of your background and some of the I'm, challenges I'm, along the way. I'm I'm a product guy at heart. I've I've had businesses since I was 13 years old. Started my first tech company um, when I was 24. I I always felt that technology should should enable a better useful interaction between people. That's been always my focus as a product person. Most people in the world try to build products for you to engage with that product. My mission has always been to build products for people to engage more with each other. That's been the core of how everything that I do is that this application should make people's interaction a little bit better. Um, so my first app was built for influencers and brands to be able to communicate in a more free way so they can create ads on Instagram. This next product, Zion, is for individuals like creators and fans to be able to inter interact in a more human way. That's really been my mission um, as I've been building products around the world. No, that's awesome. What, uh, especially start, I mean, I know I started my first company, real company, I would say at 14. So we're both in that, on that same path. What were some of the things as a kid that you picked up starting your own businesses that are still relevant and that you've applied today to be successful? I think relentless focus. Um, no doesn't exist in my vocabulary. There isn't someone that's going to kind of push me down a no path and say, oh, no, that won't work or no, that's not active. It's just not, not the reality. I, I don't take no for an answer um, because I only have one chance at this. So I think that's like relentless focus, I think is. I also am very disciplined. I wake up and even days that I don't want to work, I don't want to spend time on stuff. I just do. I keep doing, I keep doing because that's the only way that you're going to move forward. No one's going to save you. No one's going to help you. You just have to do it on your own and if you're relentless, yeah. you'll win. That's awesome. Uh, I, I know is uh, that was always like one of my key words that from a kid was like somebody's like what was I'm like it's relentless. That was Be how relentless. it was. That was just Be relentless. What's helped me build so many companies over the years and everything. What were some of your biggest challenges? Kind of you know starting your first tech company and how did you work through those different things? 
nobody knows who you are. Uh, you have to you have to hustle so hard for someone to trust you. Um, you have to build something so remarkable that someone's like, oh my god, I'm willing to go out on a limb and let you try this for the first time. And I think um, technology drives that innovation. So it's always being a technology first organization. Like the reason mm. people chose my first business is because we were the first app on the app store in 2014 that said, oh, you can interact with an influencer and a brand through a mobile app. That was very new at the time. Right now, a bunch of people have these apps, yeah. but at the time it's like, oh, I've never seen an app like that. So let's work with that company because they're technology forward. That's been my kind of cornerstone of innovation and saying like, well, why am I building a social network on DIDs, decentralized web nodes and the lightning network? Well, number one, we're the first ever to do it. And I think that that's a first to market opportunity and, and first to market movers have an, have an advantage for sure. And with, um, with, uh, like building this out, what were some of the initial challenges, I guess, with Zion? Cause obviously you, you kind of have some of that tech background building the Amplify and everything. And now you're going, <laughs> you're building on the lightning network and, you know, trying to piece and bring all these things together for people. This is the hardest. I mean, we're doing one of the hardest things in the world. Like this stuff is so bleeding edge, the stuff I'm talking about. It doesn't exist at scale. That's the challenging thing is it doesn't exist at scale. Sure. So the risk, the risk is very high is that will this work for millions upon millions of people? Will this transaction throughput work? Will this patterning of messaging's peer-to-peer -peer work? Um, so it's, it's just a really exciting risk um, for me. I'm willing to try something that's never been done before. And um, it's very hard. I mean, building this kind of technology is challenging. I have some of the best engineers in the world that we're working on these problems together. And we think that this is the eventual patterning of how most tech companies will run in the next 10 years. But we're innovating that patterning. Well, yeah, that's what, yeah. So, um, I mean, you're, you guys are kind of creating that process or that pattern where obviously like you're thinking or seeing that tech is moving towards. Absolutely. And that's why we're hundred percent open source. So one of the things that's important about me, like what we're doing is that do not trust what I'm saying, verify it. All of our open source code is online for any engineer around the world to review. Everything that I'm telling you is available and public. And there's not a lot, I don't think there's a lot of social companies or tech companies that are telling you like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And we're focused on free speech, whatever we want to call that language. And we're a hundred percent open source. So you can verify every piece of code, every algorithm, everything that we've ever done, you can verify that code base. I think that's the thing that we are very honored for people to support us and our mission is that we're willing to put everything out on the line and say, this is how we're doing what we're doing. Don't trust, verify. That's the cornerstone of Bitcoin. That's the cornerstone of what we want to do in the world because people deserve that. They don't deserve companies stealing, manipulating, taking all their data. And then they don't deserve that anymore. Humans deserve transparency. And we want to be a company that's focused on transparency. No, it's interesting you say that too, because I know one of the things that when Elon was buying, you know, in the process of buying Twitter and everything, he was talking about making that algorithm open source and putting it out there. So it's kind of interesting that you were talking about that, but that was one of his big things is like, hey, this has got to be transparent. We want people to see and know exactly, hey, this is what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, Of course. I think it's, I think it's important. So we were talking a little bit earlier about freedom and free speech and uh, censorship and stuff. What, how have you guys protected what you're doing away from kind of the whole censorship or being shut down or things like that? Because obviously 
people that are being hosted by Amazon, Amazon can shut down, you know, AW, you know, knock you off of AWS and, you know, different things like that or the app store. So I guess how have you guys structured things or protected your users from that? I don't think we're big enough yet to have to have dealt with that issue. That's, that's probably nobody, nobody's I don't knocking think anyone, you yet. No, no one's knocking. We're not big enough. Um, and I think once we, that we hit that wall, we'll be able to figure out some way to, to break through that wall. What are kind of the three biggest things you see right now with the way the country's going and, and why, you know, there's so many people that are starting to, I guess, wake up and to see like, Hey, this is what we've been on, you know, in, you know, asleep or we've been being suppressed to this degree. Um, you know, and, and this is where we need to go. I think that the, one of the main issues is we are blocking individuals that disagree with us. So let's just think some, mm. some high level numbers. If you're talking to one person, the likelihood of them disagreeing with you, probably pretty low. Let's say if you're talking to 10 people is the likelihood that one person you'll disagree with probably getting a but if you send a message to 100,000 people, what is the likelihood that one of those people will disagree with you? Quite high. The current yeah. environment is a state where an individual can send a message to hundreds, if not millions of people at one time. And if one person disagrees with that idea, the proxy is to suppress that message and not allow that person to actually have a voice. That's very dangerous for society. It's very dangerous sure. that, that ideas cannot be explored by individuals because it suppresses our thinking as a society. And I think we should have a more open conversation about these are ideas that people have and we should be able to explore and, and that individual should have the ability to share that idea. And I'm not talking about illegal things. Like illegal is illegal no matter what. Illegal right. is a whole other animal. But um, what we define on these lines is what needs to kind of improve and change. And so that's why we're providing a more open and honest ability on a, on a technology perspective for individuals to share their ideas. No, that's great. You know, with people getting shut down or censored or banned and stuff. And I think we've been trained over the years to become so reliant on the Facebooks and the Twitters and, you know, these apps that are on our phones that now they have us in this situation where like, cool, we can, we, we can share whatever information we want you to see that we think is relevant, regardless of how you think or what you're looking for or, or anything too. Yeah. We, we shouldn't remove the capacity to have a conversation around contentious issues. That's what we're, we've done in the traditional centralized social media networks is that we've removed that, that concept. And I think those contentious issues are what allow for humanity to grow and, and grow beyond the current state that we're in. And I think those are some of the biggest things that actually helped those different platforms grow when they first launched was the, the ability to share and have disagreements and, you know, and, and get your ideas out there before they started to create that suppression and, and blocking and censorship. Exactly. And I think what we're learning is that free access does not actually determine free expression. All mm. of these systems are free. They're free for you to use, but what they're doing is they're taking your data, manipulating you, selling it to a third-party advertiser. And if you don't fall under the line, you go bye-bye. That's how all of these systems work because they have terms of service, terms of way, the way they do things. And again, we have to move towards a new model that allows for free expression. It doesn't mean that that's going to be free. 
Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, obviously, you either pay for it front up front monthly, you know, to bypass hopefully that, or you know, if it is free and you're not paying for it, you're gonna, you know, now you're, I guess, bound by what they want you to see and know. And allow you to have ownership. I think that's the the big key mm-hmm. is is what are we allowing for for the first time? Is like people actually have ownership of everything that they're doing, and we can't lie to ourselves that these companies they they take it, it's not easy to, to create tech companies. It's quite expensive. The technology is very hard to build. So the question is, how do you subsidize that cost? And you know, our focus since the day that we launched is that our customers help subsidize the cost of our network. And it helps subsidize the way that we want to grow and we the way that we want to build. And we have so much appreciation for our customers because they help us build this. It's not something that's like lining my pockets or anything like that. Like as as the CEO and founder of this company, I take zero off the table. There's none. I don't I don't have a salary. I don't take any money until this company is big enough to create value for the world. And this is my mission for the world. I I, I want this to exist, but we believe that the customers, the people that use the system, are what's going to monetize and grow this business. No, that's awesome. We got a little bit of time left. Tell us about what Unapologetic Freedom's all about, and where can people grab a copy of this? Sure. So it's um, so the title I think really exudes the mission of what an individual should feel like in the new world is they should be unapologetically free about the things that matter to them the most. Um, it's a book about how Bitcoin defeats censorship, ensures sovereignty, and allows us to reclaim our liberty forever. It's a book that outlines the history of censorship over the past 150 years. It outlines like how could you create a system that allows for a proper civil discourse online? It talks a little bit about the centralized century versus the decentralized century. And then it outlines how you can actually practically in your life build a free type of internet for yourself and kind of outlines the system saying, this is the problem, this is what's happening in the world, and then this is the potential solution that's coming down the pipe and kind of the, not in the future, this exists right now. These are the tools, the things that can allow you to have sovereignty in your life digitally. And so we're very blessed that... Um, some of the people that are involved in Zion uh, supported the book. JP did the forward. JP Sears did the forward. Tony Robbins did the endorsement on the cover. Aubrey yeah. Marcus did the endorsement on the back. And so did Mark Moss. So these are people that are investors in Zion, investors in the company and our mission. And so we're, we're just very proud to have those people. And if you get the audiobook, you'll hear my voice and you'll hear JP's voice talking, um, which is kind of interesting to hear your own ideas going through thousands of people's yeah. brain at some point. Awesome. And you guys, uh, people can grab it on Amazon, I know. Um, yeah, Amazon, Unapologetic Freedom, or search my name, Justin Rezvani. We also have unapologeticfreedombook.com. If you actually put in your email, uh, you will get uh, the forward from JP for free. Uh, so if you want to like understand what the book is about before the book, before you actually buy the book, but it's only $10, we try to make it the least amount possible. Kindle, I think, is free. If you get the audio book, I think it's $5.99. So we literally tried to make this book the least amount. <laughs> as possible because we want people to have access to these ideas. For sure. Awesome. Uh, I know, and I know one of the interesting things when I was listening to the book, I think such a tremendous transformation in your life. I mean, when you were in the hospital and like, I was listening to it, my kids are like, what? Like, whoa, that's just incredible. But why don't you kind of just share that story? Because I mean, I think it's super important that people understand like what you went through and now where you are today. It's not just like, cool, it's just all roses and fun. And he's making oh. you know money with his other company. And now he's growing this other tech company. And 
No, I mean, in between that, I, I mean, th- th- I don't want to give too much away because the intro of the book is pretty powerful, but the cliff notes, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, re- like when I was reading that, I, I mean, if you hear it in the audiobook, I'm already tearing, like I'm tearing up. I had to reread that section a bunch, but sure. generally like in 2019, I was sitting in a dentist chair and I had a, a seizure and I go to the hospital and they find a tumor in my right temporal lobe. And I have to have brain surgery a few weeks ago. Like I'm imagine I'm on top of my game. I was, I just sold my business. All was good. And then like, like that, like they're like, your brain's bleeding and you have a tumor. You have to get it out. And it's like, Whoa, like you're not given anything in this life. So uh, that's a high level cliff notes. And I tell the whole story at the beginning of the book as an intro of like, you know, I'm very focused. I'm I'm very relentless. And and a lot of people could have gone through that experience and done woe is me and my life is blah, blah, mm, blah. And yep. like I I decided to jump back on the horse and now build Zion and build it for the world. Like build it because the world needs it. And so I think anything's possible if you put your mind to it. Um, just be relentless. Yeah, it's awesome. Guys, and Justin, like you said, he gave you the high-level cliff notes. He dives in deep and it's it's a super amazing intro. So even if you don't, like care about the rest of the book. It's worth it to go grab the book, hear what he has to say, how he, how he came back from that. And just, he was at the high of his life selling his company and then just gets smacked down from a health side of things and comes back from this massive surgery and is today and is building another major piece of what we need out there today um, to be able to express ourselves and to share and to have ownership with the way technology is growing and everything. Make sure you guys really listen to this. A lot of amazing insights that we've dropped throughout this episode. What's one last thing you're just like, man, I hope Josh was going to ask me this, or I really just got to share this before we wrap up. I think you have access to your own freedom online. The tools are there. It takes a little bit of more effort. It's not going to be that easy. But if you do it, it'll make your life a lot more worthwhile and you won't be controlled by the powers that be that are trying to manipulate you on the, all the time online. So I think that's the opportunity. It's a, it's a little bit of work, um, but I think it's worth it because seeing what it's like to be unapologetically free is really meaningful. Awesome. And where can people get more information about you, follow you sure. on social? Um, yeah. My, my, uh, my name is Justin Resvani. You can find me on any social platform. Um, my company, getzion.com or zion.fyi. Those are the two domains that you can access all the content. The book is Unapologetic Freedom. You can find it on Amazon. Only, I think it's only on Amazon. We we didn't, we just, we kind of, we wrote this book in eight weeks. It's a very, it was a very fast Ooh. book. So we, uh, yeah, just go to Amazon, grab it. And yeah, thank you so much. This is awesome. Cool, man. Justin, thanks again for coming on the show. An honor to have you and just really appreciate your time today. Thank you, brother. I'm Josh Felbert. You are watching Making Bank. Get out, be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.